Tonight's episode of Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete is sponsored by Blue Haven NYC in Greenwich Village, New York City's sports bar for grown-ups. Go to www.bluehavennyc.com for details. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Let me explain. No, there is too much. Let me sum up. Johnny and the mothers are playing something at the Savoy in Vermont tonight. Herman's gonna kill my brother at the Savoy Theater tonight. I didn't say that. No, but I know this grapevine. Why would I put it there? Kindness? 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 You stole it! He stole it! We have top men working on it right now. Who? Hello there, and welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, New York Sports Talk Podcast, episode number 157, coming to you live from Bayside, New York, and Comac, New York, not Freehold, New Jersey. Not so much tonight. We are bishopless. We are uh, a rudderless ship. We are without a rudder or a bishop. Uh, it's episode number 157 of Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, New York Sports Talk Podcast. Nice. Uh, we're talking New York sports tonight. Nice. Nothing big. It's uh, not religion or politics, guys. There's no reason to get crazy. No reason to get nutty about it. We're just going to talk. And yeah, things are in the crapper. Things are in the crapper, New York sports-wise. It doesn't matter what team you root for. I mean, even the Yankees making all these splashes, spending all this cash. It's still, they still didn't make the playoffs. Everything's in the crapper. So we're going to solve that tonight. We're going to take a look at that in the big unload. We're going to take a look at what can be done. What can Cal and I do? Because things are lousy. I feel lousy. So we're going we're gonna, to, and Cal's beside himself. He is literally standing next to himself. So we're going to cheer him up. But we're going to talk about the Yankees, the Mets, hot stove. We're going to talk about the Jets and the Giants. Eh, Their seasons are over. But uh, we have a very important question to ask when it comes to the Jets. Rex Ryan. I'm finished. I'm good. I've seen the movie. That's it. I'm I'm, I'm cashing in my my Rex Ryan chip. So we'll talk about that. uh, And then we'll probably do a fun load of our own creation. Yes, it's ready to unload with Cal and Sam Pete. Episode number 157. So let's bring in the co-host. Let's bring him in, Kel. He is here, direct from Comac. 
where we grew up, by the way, a tawny suburb on Long Island where the rich people live, all the richies. That's not even remotely accurate. He's, uh, he's, we're, we're approaching four years of doing this, uh, this program. Four years. December 9th will be four years. Uh, he is Mr. Brian Calneva Calpino Calciente. Calneva. Hi, Brian. Hi, Steve. How are you? Good. You sound great. Is your microphone on? My microphone, for the first time in four years, is actually on. It's on. It yep. took four years of podcasting for you to figure out yep. that your mic is on. Were you a professional on? outlet over here. Were you on the AV squad? Not an outlet. An outfit. Outfit. We're not an outlet store. That's what it was. It was like an outlet store, like a thrift store, running this microphone for four it's a, years. It's a knockoff microphone. Oh, boy. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, an, it's a shore, but it's spelled S-U-R-E. It's, <laughs> there's, no, there's no H. <laughs> Actually, uh, it's, it's by the brand LabTech. You're at, you're at the Tangers of microphones right now. Tangers? Is it Tangers? Tangers? Tanger. It, it is Tanger. That's the outlet mall, yes. Tanger. So the, we're referring to the outlet malls on Long Island. So Got it's great. You have your microphone on. Yeah, so we're good. I figured we commemorate this four-year anniversary show, which it kind of is, because the next time we do this show, we will be past the December 9th That's correct. Uh, anniversary date. So It's wild how the calendar works. Four years. Four Boy. years. Yeah, and, and, and probably closer to 175 episodes. We only started counting when we were about 25 in. That's uh, another problem. But that's, again, high-class uh, outlet. Hey, this is no amateur hour over here. We're, we're a top-notch uh, <laughs> outlandish, out, out, outland, outlier, top-notch yeah. outlier. Uh, have you read that book? Top-notch outlier? No, just... I don't know that one. Just outliers. Uh, no, I don't know that one either. Come on. You've never read Malcolm Gladwell, Outliers? I know I've read Malcolm Gladwell, but I know I'm not that one. No. Wow. Should I? We're going to talk... Uh, yes. We're going to talk a lot about books, because this collision low crossers... I'm not... Well, listen. This jet book is tearing up my life, Cal. Three weeks. I can read that book in three weeks. Although I don't have to. Read that book. You have provided so many passages from the book over the last two weeks. I, basically what I've done is I've taken your text messages and strung them together, and I feel like I've got the book. You've got the narrative at least. Oh, I've got the narrative, all right. The, Very clear. It's, it, it's, I, you know, I got the book on iBooks, so I'm reading it on the iPad and on my phone. And that's why you guys keep getting all these, all these great excerpts. Like, you can't do this when you're reading a real book. No, so I'll, I'll you have to be, stop and actually write it down. Right. I'll just be reading something or take a picture of it, which we started doing with the newspaper, like taking a picture and sending it right. to each other for a passage. Right. But I'll be reading something, and I'll be like, you guys need to see this about Rex Ryan or Schottenheimer or Sanchez or, you know, this is the book about the 2011 season. They really... Magnificent book by Nicholas Davidoff. David, I think I'm saying that right. Davidoff. With a W. Uh, with a W, right. He is really, really good. The writing is exceptional. It's, That's what I was going to ask you. Is, it a good, is he a good writer? He's a tremendous writer because he's not a sports writer. Okay. Although he did write another sports book, The Catcher Was a Spy, which apparently I'm going to pick up after I finish this, and it's apparently a true story of 
uh, I guess, a catcher in the 50s who was also a Cold War spy for the United States. It's a true story? Supposedly it's a true story. It's about a blind superhero. <laughs> this is the follow-up to Daredevil. No, supposedly this, this guy was a, a, a spy. It's not a, it's not a knockoff of Catcher in the Rye? Catcher was a spy? No, I don't... Well, I, I never thought of it that way. Maybe it's enti- he, Now it's entirely possible. Could be a play on words. Well, read that book and let me know. Yeah, but uh, let me get through Collision look, one book at a time here. This brings me to what I wanted to talk to you about. I, I, so I'm halfway through Collision Little Crossers, and it's, um, again, a 2011 season. This guy was embedded with the Jets. He wasn't just there. He was part of the team. He was a Jet. Yeah, he was part of the coaching staff. I mean, they gave him a parking lot, a locker. You know, the players all knew him. He had full access to the coaches, the players. The book is fascinating, Cal. We'll talk about the Jets and the Giants after we do the, the hot stove stuff. Um, but it's really informing my... <laughs> Opinion of Rex Ryan now going forward for the Jets. So I want to I talk to you a little bit about that. And I know Joe Caparoso from TurnOnTheJets.com, the, the best Jets website out there. Um, Joe is, we're sort of reading it in tandem because I told him about the book about three weeks ago. I'm like, Joe, you got to pick this up. And so he like, he's like, where can I get it? You know, and he went through like 500 pages in, or uh, you know, like 300 pages like the first night. And so we've just been going back and forth, hitting these little touchstone points in the book, Cal, where you're like, oh, I can't believe he said that. Or, I can't believe he did. Oh, man, no wonder. Right. Um, so it's, it's super fascinating. But he's an excellent writer. He's not a sports writer. So he, you know, there's, there's you know, references to Greek gods and analogies to, you know, 1950s te- television shows. Like he's, he's, not a, he's not your traditional writer, which, is, which makes the read much better. Uh-huh. And uh, it's I've read a lot of sports books. I wouldn't say are you a sports book guy? Yeah, that's um, you are right. I'm actually if I'm going to read a book, it's going to be a sports book. It's probably going to be nonfiction. Right. This is probably where I am. I was that. I'm not that anymore. This book is bringing me back. It's really good, and it's probably one of the better sports book I've ever read. Sports books I've ever read. So you're more cultured now. What's the I'm. I, you'll, uh, you'll read more far fiction? More, far more. Hmm. It's all I read is fiction. Except The Outliers, of course. Malcolm Gladwell, The Outliers. Which you've decided you're an outlier yourself. You're I, am, I haven't read it. I will read it, though. It, the uh, Outliers is fascinating. Do you know what it's about? <sighs> sort of. Remind me. <clears throat> Just about different... Okay, it's, I'm going to butcher it, the explanation. Oh no, before, wait, before, you, before, you, before you butcher it, it's not fiction, right? It's nonfiction? It's nonfiction. Is this the book that discussed uh, the quarterbacks and what makes, what makes uh, college quarterbacks leaders or how you can... T- okay. No, it's not a... It's he, wrote not, another, he wrote another book which included that passage. So. It's, uh, this has the hockey part about the months that hockey players are born in. Okay. How it's coincidental how certain months of the year hockey players are, all successful hockey players are born in. <clears throat> the story of success, outliers. His answer is that we pay too much attention to what successful people are like and too little attention to where they come from, their culture, their family, their generation, and idiosyncratic experiences of their upbringing. There's like a brilliant passage about, uh, uh, I guess it's Bill Gates, uh, the Beatles, like it just, it, it's, 
the way I saw it was almost like it's a confluence of events. Uh-huh. Like so much of success is not just the talent in the individual person. It's where they were born, the time they were born. Had they been born at another time in a different place, even by you know, 10 years, they're not, they don't achieve the same things that they achieved. Okay. So they're, they're products of their conditioning and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's really cool. Anyway, outliers aside, collision low crossers aside, before we get to the big unload, uh, you just said I'm, I'm more cultured, and, and, and that, w- that made me laugh because what I was thinking about starting the show tonight is pop culture-wise, I have nothing. I'm in this really weird area where I have a three-year-old and a four-month-old. So there's, there's no sleep, there's no, you know, which is fine. Again, we knew what we were getting into. It's fine. It's getting a little, getting a little tired. But like, I, we don't watch TV. Like, we haven't seen anything. I don't, know what's, I don't know what's going on. We're not going to a movie. I have no, I am out. And I, and I figured out today, my, this is why I'm clinging to podcasts. It is my only attachment to pop culture. No kidding. This is it? That's it. And, and, and the, reason I, the reason I bring it up is because I'm reading this book now on my commute. I have about a 45 to 50 minute commute each way every day. But I don't mind it at all. It's on the train. I'm not driving. I love the train. It never bothers me. I actually love my commute. It's a little me time. Yeah. But I'm reading this book because I'm so knee deep in it because I want to know why Rex Ryan treats every practice as if his defense has to beat down his offense mercilessly so they have zero confidence approaching a game and he's happy when his offense has no success in a practice we'll get to that so I'm I, I Cal I have nothing you talk to you guys, you and Evan are talking about Saturday Night Live. You're talking about a movie. That, I've got nothing. I have no idea what's happening. Anchorman 2 is apparently coming out. Is that correct? That's correct. And it's going to be bad, apparently. So I don't think there's any doubt about that. You, you, you've got to help me here. What, what am do I need? What am I? Where? where well, what are you watching? What are you watching on the TV? What am I, what am I going to help you with? Because we were talking about a movie we went to see over the weekend. Uh, a Disney movie, Frozen. That's that's where I'm at. I'm familiar with Frozen. It's based on a true story. Is that a true story? No, not a true story. A, a it's princess based on freezing. It's not a. <laughs> that is in, that is wow! I did yeah, not know that. No, it's based. It's actually <clears throat> based on a fictional story that was written by Hans Christian Andersen. Oh, the Ice Queen. Or the Snow Queen? I think it's the Snow Queen. Ice Queen. I think it's, I don't know. It's one of them. Hans Christian Andersen, wasn't he a center for the Blues in 1965? He he was the kicker for the Saints, I think, in the late 70s. Hans Christian Andersen may be the perfect name for any sport. He Uh, he could not be a basketball player. He's a tennis player. He He could could be be a German national he could be. He could Basketball certainly be a golfer. Could have played with uh, with uh, Detlef Schrempf. 
on the national team, on the Dutch national team, and, and he was a seven foot one center. Oh, he could totally be an NBA player. Totally. Not a baseball player, maybe. Could be a baseball player, too. Hans Christian Andersen? You lose the Christian. Well, see, you just make him Hans C. Anderson. Hans C. Anderson. Like George C. Scott. That's right. Well, he, then he's an actor. No, no George, George C. Scott, the ball player. <laughs> I don't think he went by the C, though, did he? Go back. The Boston Red Sox? Yeah. Was he just George Scott? I think it was just George Scott. I think Chris Berman was probably calling him Patton. Back, 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 back. Oh, poor Berman. What a disaster. Whatever happened to him? Uh, he, uh, a lot. He ate a lot. Got a little too big for his britches. Literally, figuratively. Do you remember, you want to yes. talk pop culture, do you remember yes. when that show, that show was, was the best. must see, like, you know, you could have your Thursday night NBC, please. Must-see TV for me was Sunday night at 7 o'clock on yep. ESPN, right? Not, could not agree more. Hands down, make no mistake about it. No, seriously, that was, that was there's, a, there's a couple of things. Sports Center, the 11 o'clock Oberman Patrick Sports Center, when we were in college, was untouchable. Untouchable. It was magnificent. You, 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 you were there. You were there for everyone. They were smart, witty, um, you know, snarky, but without being jerks. They were fantastic. Right. right. Changed the game. They absolutely. At the time. Absolutely did. And everything, that, and, we, and we, talked about, uh, we talked about this with Bill Pito. Let's, yeah. let's just make this a complete anniversary show and just talk <laughs> right. about shows that we've done right. over four years. No, but we, we did talk about it with Bill Pito. We everything, had a, everything, everything that's out now is a descendant of that. Absolutely is. If there's one thing, us. Totally. If there's one thing that that sports center and ESPN, and there's a lot that ESPN can hang its hat on and a lot that it should be ashamed of. But if there's one Tebow. thing it can hang its... <laughs> Tebow. ESPN Tebow. If there's one thing that they can hang their hat on is that those sports centers from those years are the gold standard for, you know, just changing the, the face of sports news. Absolutely. How you got sports news. But you are 100% right about Berman and game day. 100%. That was, Not game day. I mean, uh, prime time. Prime time. And, if, well, and you know what? They had the best pregame show, too. Yeah, I, yeah. They might have. I didn't really yeah. watch that. I'm, I was never a pregame show guy. I liked that pregame show a lot. Yeah. See, here's the thing about pregame shows for me, for, for the NFL. I want to like them. I want them to be a part of my day. I really do. How, how, how do you have time to do a pregame show as part of your day now? Well, I, I mean, I don't anymore. Right. But, I, but, I, but I, I mean, that's only a recent development. And pregame shows have been bad for, you know, eight, ten years now. When was what do you think the last good pregame show was? It's NFL, you know, what what was it? NFL Today or whatever. The, Brent, the Brent Musburger? No, that I mean that's fantastic. But that was, but after that, you're talking about two networks with football at that time. Right. And they were both good. The NBC one that they did was great. Love the NBC one. Ahmad Rashad, Bob Pete Cost, Axelm. Pete Axelm. Pete Axelm was their equivalent of Greek. The Greek. Right, yeah. right? 
Mm-hmm. He was their gambling guy. He was. Think about that. Not as obvious. Right. But think about Jimmy the Greek and his role like in, in NFL pregame television. You could never do that today. Ever. Why do I feel like Pete Axon was missing a finger? I don't know. <laughs> but I hope he was. No, not like part of his pinky or something. Like, I hope, <laughs> for some reason. So he was Radar Ara. He was uh, Gary Burgo? <laughs> Gary Burgo was missing a finger? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Radar. Uh, yes, I know he's Radar. I didn't know he was. He didn't was have digitless. a thumb. Didn't have a thumb. Huh. That's, never, his, that's why he's always holding the clipboard. I've not, wow. Look at that. See? Pop culture. Pop, Look what you just yeah, did. Yeah, a 32-year-old pop culture. Do you feel better now? I don't. Oh. I feel worse. I just made a reference to 1983. I was nine. That does not make me feel better. <laughs> I don't even know who's on Saturday Night Live. I don't even know. I have no idea. It, you, guys, it's, you guys are talking about some girl who's maybe attractive, maybe not, maybe funny, maybe not. Who is she? I must know. Uh, who is this? This is the new news uh, anchor that does the weekend update with Seth Meyers. Okay. Cecily Strong. Cecily Strong. Who, Seth Meyers, by the way, who I sneakily like. He's not bad. He's endeared himself to me quite a bit. I was watching, they had the, uh, the Thanksgiving episode of all the... Of he the, actually didn't have a Sorry. I really... Whenever I think of him, I always think of like he was missing. I don't know why. You're the only one. Uh, Yeah, I'm sure. We could ask 50 people of age. 48 of them won't even know who the man is. That's correct. We have to to survey a particular people. Right, man on the street thing. Do you know Pete Axnell? If you don't, we move on. We can't go to the local high school right now and ask that question. They're not going to. They're not going to know who that is. We need to go to like, uh, you know, oh man, who knows who that is? It's right in between. Who's guaranteed to know who Pete Axelm is? You would have to. Well, I it's was between say us like, and our fathers. Yeah, I was going to say like, like a divey sports bar somewhere. All right, where do fifty-year-olds hang out? I don't know, but we'll be there in ten years. <laughs> We're going to find out soon enough. Wherever it is. Um, I want to finish this one point on, on Jimmy the Greek, though. Because I am, I am try to picture this on a modern NFL pregame show. A guy who is simply there to predict football games for gambling purposes. <laughs> like, he's literally giving you your winners and losers. He's like Matthew McConaughey in that movie. With, uh, when he plays the, what's the name of that movie? Uh, is it Pacino? Is Pacino in it? No. I know. I know which one you talk about. Oh my God! I can't think. I know exactly. Yeah, look it up. I know exactly who you're talking about. I cannot spell McConaughey. You want to help me out here? No, there's no chance. I just sprained my brain. Do Do you have voice recognition software where you could do an imitation of him, right. and it'll pop up? Hey, IMDb. All right, all right. This is McConaughey. There it is. Oh, speaking of voice recognition, you have Siri on your phone, yes? Yeah. Yeah. Can you can you put your phone? Do you have your phone handy? 
No, of course not. Why would you? Why would you? <laughs> why? It's a great job. <laughs> I do. I'm going to do this. You tell right. me if you can hear it, okay? Yeah, go ahead. You ready? Yes. Siri, who is your favorite men's college basketball team? I always like to root for the underdog. I guess that makes me a fan of Dayton right now. Of Dayton. That's right. How did that happen? Number 25 in the country, the Dayton Flyers. Would she then, whoever the 25th ranked team is? I guess. I suppose that's the deal. Because it, it then gives you the top 25. Oh, that's why you wanted me to do it, because you thought it might be specific to your phone. No, it's not. No, it's oh. been all over. UD alumni are having a party with this. Hey, we're 25 in the country. Come on now. That's great. Yeah, isn't that cool? Siri digs uh, the Dayton Flyers. Wow. She went there, by the way. Siri went to right. Dayton. UD alum. Nice. She was there two years before me. Woo! Could she drink? Was she in a, frater- uh, a fraternity? She was in a fraternity, yes. Wow. Very strange. Well, you know, you can't really tell what Siri is. I mean, it's a female-ish voice, but... Androgynous, right? That's correct. It's Pat. It's like David Bowie walking around campus. <laughs> exactly. That is exactly what Siri looked like. Siri looked like Bowie in the Ziggy Stardust era. Like, looked just like spiders from Mars. That's exactly... You couldn't tell. Just creeping around campus. Plus, plus her, her name was Siri. In These 19, are her name. Right. In 1994, Siri, walking around campus. I love the Dayton Flyers. <laughs> are you going to the ghetto tonight to drink? Yeah, Siri. She was in a fraternity and a sorority. True story? Who could we, who could, how could we turn her down? Nah, you couldn't. Um, we should probably get to the big unload, huh? Yeah. You were going to say about Cecily Strong and uh, Seth Myers. I want you to finish that point. It's important. What was I, what was I going to say? She's, um, oh, so, well, the idea was that you can't tell if she's good looking or not. Right. Right. It's a, it's a strange phenomenon where at first glance she is, and then you look closely and then there's something about her that's not. That's off putting. Yes. Not to me. I didn't find it off putting. I didn't, I saw a picture of her. Uh, I, I sent a picture around. I thought she's uh, perfectly attractive. She is, and it's, and, and it's a little fascinating to me. I'm trying to figure out what it is. I can't quite right. put my finger on what it is about her. She's got a, uh, uh, is it a Kristen Wiig thing? No, no. She's better than that. Okay. Wow. Rough. You're better than that. <laughs> right. Cecily <laughs> Strong, you're better than that. I, you're better than that. She's, she's actually pretty good. She's pretty talented. She's um, probably one of the best new cast members to come around in a while. How second, is, second how is year. Jay Farrow doing on that show? Is he still on? Floundering. Floundering. Well, there was the race thing. There was the, there was the whole... See? This is how out of it I am. What happened? Oh, you don't know. Before the season started, I think they were interviewing Lorne Michaels or, or, or Jay Farrow. Right. I forget who it was, right. And they were talking, you know, it's the age-old question about why there aren't more African-American characters on Saturday Night Live. Sure. And why there are no African-American women on Saturday Night Live. Ellen Clifford. Well, yeah. Like, why is Keenan Thompson always playing Whoopi Goldberg? Right. You know? Um, And then a week later, who's hosting Saturday Night Live? 
but Kerry Washington. No. Oh. Of ABC's Scandal. Is that a show? Is that a thing? Yeah. Oh, boy. I'm telling you, I have no idea. You could make have up you, seven shows. Planet? You like, could make up like eight shows right now. I would have. I know. I know the blacklist. I should make up. I should make up a bunch of shows and see if you can pick out which ones are real. You. You absolutely should. I can't do that on the spot, but no, certainly not. It'd be. It'd be interesting. It would be very funny, probably. Right. <laughs> the blacklist. That's a show. With that's James, a show. James Spader. Uh, you've got revenge. You've got betrayal. You've got scandal. See, again, these could all be fake, and I would have You've no You've got Shy Fox. Wait, what? No, you don't have Shy Fox. That was almost... I buy it. I was going to throw that in there. Who's in Shy Fox? Uh, Shy Fox is... But, oh, man. That's my new band name. Shy Fox? Shy Fox. It's not Shy Fox. No, it's one word. It's one word. S-H-I-F-O-X. Shy Fox. Starring? Starring, um... Would have to be like... Perry King. What? Remember Perry King? Of course I remember Perry King. Yeah, it would be somebody like that. Riptide's Perry King? Yeah, yeah. It's got to be like, it's got to be a guy who's aging, right? I saw this in an entirely different show. I like, you're going with it. Like like, like NCIS with Mark Harmon. Sure. I'm thinking of a Mark Harmon contemporary. Can you think of a better one? (laughs) Perry King's pretty good. Right. Oh, okay. Fred, I'm gonna go Fred Dryer. I'm gonna go. No, 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 not, not not attractive enough either. Perry King. He's a silver fox. I'm trying to. Yeah, right. Shy Fox is the silver fox. No, is Shy Fox his last name? Shy Fox is the agency that he works for. Excellent. Right. Fantastic. It's a government. It's you know, it's a government agency. You know, that if, if specializes Perry- in in uh, <laughs> espionage. If Perry King were somehow listening to this podcast, he would be writing this down and be like, you know what? I could run with this. I could actually, we can get a showrunner. We'll be in business with this. Shotbox on NBC, followed by The Equalizer. Wait, that was a show. That was a real show. My dad loved that show. The Equalizer? Loved it. Who, Who played in that one? It was an old British guy. I'm, I'm just not sure. Uh, Matthew McConaughey works a ton, by the way. <laughs> all right, all right. I just keep getting work. You can't possibly stop me, okay? So we uh, gotta get you. We gotta get you up to speed. <laughs> I may do Ed TV too. I don't know. And Ed TV too the next day. All right. We gotta get you up to speed on uh on pop culture today. Two for the money? No. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that no. was it. No, it's not. Is it? Yeah, that was it. Is that with Al Pacino? No, two yeah. That was it. The money with Al Pacino. Right. After suffering a career ending injury, a former college football star. That's right. He's a college football player. Oh dear. Where how come nobody talks about this movie? Two for the money? That's right. I saw it. Did you see it? Yes. It wasn't terrible. It was terrible. It was pretty bad. I think mean, it was terrible. It, it's, it's not as sports bad. Theme. It was sports themed. It's not as bad as Devil's Advocate. If you're, if you're doing these like Pacino with a young, good-looking guy vehicle, Devil's Advocate is, is which should have been a great movie. Oh. 
just Keanu Reeves is so bad. It was terrible. And Al Pacino wasn't great either. He's, too, he was over the top too he, much. Oh, come on. <laughs> well, spoiler alert. At the end. He was no, but it's also top. it's Al Pacino. That's uh, Al Pacino. He, he can never be over the top. Pacino is now Italian four over the top. I, I, believe, I believe in Italian, Pacino translates to scenery churi. So that's a cappuccino is a derivative of right. over the cup over the top, right? Like you've overflowed your cup. That's correct. Cappuccino. Right. And just a puccino is over the top. Is over the top. Cappuccino cup over the top. Right. Like you filled your cup, you know. Well done. What do you, <laughs> you got a cappuccino? You well, make a mess. Uh, you want a cappuccino. You clean that up with the mappine. Please. The cappuccino. With the mappine. <laughs> Whereas De Niro is now Italian for, I need, Money. I need a summer home. That's what <laughs> De Niro. De Niro is now Italian for phoned in. All right, here you go. Last is pop this, culture. Wait, is, this, is there a wait? Stop. Is there this a movie? Is, yep. Yes, that's where <laughs> I'm going. It's real. <laughs> this is not. It was not an SNL skit. It was not an Onion article. This you is a dream. Real it. Thing. You saw what you saw is an actual thing. Well, that's where you're mistaken. I did dream it. Oh. And some dreams come true. From the mind of Sam Pete <laughs> comes Stallone, De Niro, and Chris Tucker. Wait, no, no. Stop, 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 stop. Is that, that, is, is that part of my dream or is that real? Wait a minute. You tell me what you dreamt. All I know is there's a movie. I saw a poster. I caught a quick glance of a poster. Oh, the Kirstie Alley show? No. Not a, I've seen that everywhere, by the way. Yeah. I caught a quick glimpse of a poster. I was in a rush. I couldn't stop and look. And I had heard about this movie just hours before. Somebody talking about this movie with uh, De Niro as a boxer and Stallone as a boxer who weren't able to fight each other in their primes and are now going to box as old men. It's called Grudge Match. <laughs> and now you're telling me Chris Tucker's involved? Chris Tucker is involved somehow. I don't need a promoter. Corbin, I'm so scared. It was a, I've seen him in the commercial. I don't know if he might be the promoter. I don't Corbin, know. Corbin. Oh my God, Corbin. He's got a gun, Corbin. Chris Tucker. I love Chris Tucker in Fifth Element. Love him in Fifth Element. <laughs> oh, Corbin. Corbin, I'm so scared. Ah, Corbin. Uh, Chris Tucker, though, revitalized the career with uh, Silver Linings Playbook, didn't he? He was good in that movie. He was okay. He was good, I thought. I read the book. See? I'm cultured. You see, that, see that's why when you talk about pop culture, you read. So I you're read ahead the, of the game. That's I read good. the book long before. Grudge Match. Stallone. De Niro. A paycheck. A big one. De Niro and Stallone come out swinging oh. in grudge match. They don't. It's true. Okay, it's time for the big unload, Cal. I can't, I can't continue. We've done 35 minutes on this. I can't continue. Because I have an awesome big unload. I have a really great one. And hey... You don't want to... Wait. Oh, what? Steve. What? Steve. <laughs> Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. And it's then really move happy. on... I promise, but this 
it's a movie that's happening. Okay, we've 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 established De Niro. Yes. Play two aging boxers. Sure. Okay, here's a couple of things. It's a comedic drama. A dramedy. Well, I know this is a comedic drama. It's not a dramedy. Oh, wait, it's a comedic drama. So this it's, is a funny drama, not a dramatic comedy. It's a comedia. A comedia. Ooh, that's a good one. Well, it, it, the word exists. I can't take all the bows for that one. There's comedia dell'arte and stuff like okay. that. Okay. But, I'll, um, but I'll, I'll take a bow there. Uh, Stallone's trainer is played by Alan Arkin. <laughs> I was going to come with Kamidama. No. Because Comedia is out there. You can't do Comedia. That's no Kamidama. Kamidama. All right. I apologize. Comediama. There it is. That might be what this is. It's a Comediama. Comes out on Christmas. Re- released on Christmas Day. Well, I, right. think, I think I know what I'm getting this year. It's not Chris Tucker. Is there a way to put this under my tree? Put this movie? Yeah, that's right. Because this is the greatest gift I'm ever going to get for Christmas. Which pits rivals uh, Billy the Kid McDonough, played by Robert De Niro, playing an Irishman. Of course. Just like he uh, did in Goodfellas. Watch him out. Against Henry... <laughs> Wait, <laughs> right, Stallone's playing a check. He's playing Henry Razor Sharp. Please tell me Stallone wrote this movie. Please. Please tell me he wrote this movie. He had to. <laughs> Something just fell in the background. People cannot believe this. People are dropping. My microphone is now. <laughs> that was the dog. Henry. Wait, the dog fell? No, the dog didn't fall. No. Right. Uh, Henry Razor Sharp. And it's not. It is not Chris Tucker. I apologize. I was going based on what I saw in the trailer. Sure. It's Kevin Hart. Oh, okay. Which makes uh, a lot more sense than Chris Tucker. Reasonable mistake. They're very similar. They're very similar. Very similar skill set. They're a very similar team. Right. Interchangeable, even. I wouldn't go that far. No? Too much? Got it! Let's, uh... Let's, I'd like to see him do uh, the guy in Fifth Element. I'll back that up. Comment. Uh, that's great. Razor Sharp. Yep. Henry Razor Sharp. Yeah. Couldn't play an Italian, right? Stallone and De- neither one of them. No. Go figure. Stallone no, but, and De Niro, neither one of them. But De Niro's played an Irishman before in Goodfellas. Jimmy yeah. Con- Jimmy DeGent. Yeah. But still. But Stallone is Stallone. It would have been great if his last name was like Rachmaninoff. He's, <laughs> he's, a, he's a Russian. Oh. <laughs> I can't wait. Can we just let's pack our bags? We're going to see this. Call the call the divorce attorneys. I don't care what you need to do. You and I are going to see this movie on Christmas. That's right. Right. I am leaving the Andy Bost. I am leaving the macaroni course, and I am going to see this movie. I bet you I'll get Big Paulie to go with me. My uncle, no doubt. He'd go to that movie. Oh, Uncle Tommy goes with me. Are you kidding me? He would. He would go to that movie. Christmas, my foot. We're there that night. So that's what is that you're gonna get one night out of the house? That's what you're gonna go with that's, grudge match. That's what I'm going with on Christmas Day. On Christmas Day, it's a Christmas miracle, Cal, that this movie isn't being made. Okay, the big unload. Seriously. Yeah. The big unload is brought to you by tonight by Mixed LR. 
that's the new platform we're going to be going to, Cal. Check it out, MixLR, MixLR.com, I-M-I-X-L-R.com. Go check them out. It's a new platform for podcasts, uh, DJing. Um, they have an app for the iPhone. This is hopefully where we're moving the show to. We're going to be streaming there. This is, this is the part where Blog Talk Radio starts like blacking everything up. Uh, which would be par for the course. No, seriously. Uh, MixLR.com. Uh, there's an app for the iPhone. You can listen to the show on the app. Um, there's a streaming player that we, we're going to have embedded on our site. We're also going to have it embedded on Facebook for every show. Uh, it's going to be great. Hopefully we're moving there. It's a really cool new platform. They have, it's European, Cal. We're like one of the first, I actually spoke to the help desk today. And we're like, they're like, New York sports. Like, I could, I could read her response. The help desk response was like, oh, it's, we are delighted to have you. It's going to be so much fun. New York sports. I do, I do, wow. This is very exciting. Is that what she said? Yes. We're all sixes and sevens over here just for your show. We cannot She wait. wasn't that excited. She wasn't. She wasn't Michael King. No. But anyway, go check it out. M-I-X-L-R dot com. Uh, it's a new platform for podcasts, DJing, music. You can broadcast your own shows. It's all free. And uh, it's very cool. So check it out. M-I-X-L-R. I'm not sure how to say it yet. I'm not sure if it's Mixler. Mixlr. Mixler. Mixler. Not sure. It's Mixler sounds a little bit like a Batman villain. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the Mixler. He mixes it up. That's the worst boy. Can you tell? Can you tell? I've only had to entertain a three-year-old. Like it's, I don't have to come with you. Have like adult, you know, not adult children, but you have like a, you know, <laughs> children that need to be more entertained. They're not that more sophisticated, though. Don't worry. Yeah, a little bit. Eh, nothing, nothing, some good passing gas can't cure. I tell you what, I'm getting to the point with Wesley now where he's just like, some of the stuff he's like, look, I'm not buying what you're selling here, pal. You have to work a little harder here on this Batman. <laughs> whatever, whatever little Batman setup we're doing right now, it's not working out for me. It's not great. Gives you the eye. Yeah. Daddy. Really? Yeah. Come on. You're better than that. You're <laughs> strong. Is it Cicely Strong, Cicely Tyson? Cicely Strong. Is Cicely Tyson in Grudge Match? Uh, does she sing America the Beautiful? <laughs> well, she should be. To kick off the uh, festivities? Here's the big unload. Brought to you by Bob Mixler. By, brought, to you by, brought to you by the Mixler. So, things are pretty lousy. I, I do want to talk in specificity about the Yankees and their big moves and the Mets and what they're doing in the hot stove heating up. But I thought this would be kind of, so we could save what I want to do for the fun load because we're not going to have a, a PJ Bishop fun load tonight because he's unable to join us. Um, so we could save what I wanted to do for the fun load and do hot stove and jets and giants now in the big unload. Your call. Let's go with that. Sorry, you're going to have to be more specific. <laughs> You're just, you're just like, yes. I'll take it. I want to go with, I want to go with what you've been... You very excitedly proclaimed you had an idea for the big unload yesterday. Yes. I've been waiting anxiously since yesterday. Because what people... Just, just to let people in on a little trade secret. When you have an idea, you don't tell me. 
what that idea is? No, I don't. You tease it. I do. It's not, an enter- it's not an entertainment ploy for the show. That's how you live your life. That's how you communicate. You tease things. And I'm forced, I'm forced to wait. Like it's, like, it's the, like it's a cliffhanger of Dallas in May. And I have to wait till the fall. 30 years of this. Fine, yeah. 30 years. <laughs> and, and four years of it here in the podcast capacity. It hey, was look. the oddest thing for a nine-year-old to be doing. That's right. Like, how do, why do you talk like that, kid? <laughs> who, who are you? Why do I have to wait till Thursday to hear the next thing you're going to say? We're just talking about different strengths. Um, never let me down, though. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. Wow. You build it up, and it never lets me down. Well, now it's going to be a disaster. So let's hear it. So things are pretty lousy in the New York sports world right now. Okay, Every team, pretty much every team except the Rangers, and I think the Rangers are at 500, is under 500. Uh, the Jets and the Giants are likely out of the playoffs. The Islanders are off to a terrible start after their promising year last year. The Devils are struggling. The Rangers struggled early. They're a 500 team. They're mediocre at best. The Mets are, well, the Mets. And the Yankees are coming off a non-playoff season and just signed a guy who, who profiles, uh, relies on his legs and profiles to, uh, they basically just outbid themselves by $30 million for uh, uh, Jacoby Ellsbury, and they gave a 30-year-old catcher who caught 92 games last year and has hit 240 over the last two years $83 million over the next five years. Uh, and they're in danger of losing Robinson Cano, who is uh, their best player. So, I had a thought. I was in a conversation with somebody about the Will Ponds. And we were talking about the Mets and them not signing anybody. And I said, if I could change anything about my teams, anything, if I could be granted one wish, and, and, and it, it could be a genie, the sports genie shows up, true story. Is it Shaquille O'Neal? <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal. Actually, it's an updated version. It's Dwight Howard. Shows up and uh, with Jeremy Lin. There's like a whole bunch of other little cameos. And grants me one New York sports wish. What is it? What would it be? Above all other things. Okay? And, it's, and, it, and, and I started to think about this and I said, what if... Cal and I talked about this. We had two wishes, but they couldn't be the same one. So in other words, like I, uh, my number one wish... Wait, we each get two wishes? Each get two wishes that can't be the same. So there's four, four unique wishes. Four we're gonna do. unique wishes. For the, for the... Okay. For New York sport. Can one of them be... No, wait, wait, wait. I have an addendum. Okay. Because I, feel like, I felt like it needed. Obviously... Our two wishes each, we're going to focus on our teams. So I want to do two wishes for our teams, one wish for the teams that we don't root for, but a fair wish. So now we're up to six wishes. That's correct. Six in toto. Okay. <laughs> but I, That's right. I believe there were six members of toto. <laughs> that's correct. There were six in toto. Um, <laughs> man, we are current tonight. 
Correct. You made a Dallas reference before for a cliffhanger. It did. I don't know why. I don't know who shot, shot JR. We were like six when that happened. Why is that so important as a <laughs> pop culture touchstone for us? I don't know. I remember it, though. Of course you remember it. I just remember the TV Guide cover with Larry Hagman on it. Right. With that big grin, like just with that 10-gallon hat and a big grin. I'm rich. I want to know why, as a six-year-old, my mother had, had it on, you know, <laughs> six years old, and there's the guy getting shot. Also, it, it aired Fridays at 10. What am I doing? <laughs> Wait, why is why you're looking at Charlene Tilton's boobs hanging out? I was six. Six. What are we doing awake? That's, that's all, you were also secondhand smoking about three packs of cigarettes oh, yeah, no, during, yeah. during the course of Dallas, which is there good. Was a, there was a haze of, of smoke that I was walking through. Right. You had to waft away all that blue smoke from your face. In my feetsy pajamas. and Just to see Morgan Fairchild's breasts. Wait, you know, do, you, do you know the entire cast of Dallas? Actually, Morgan Fairchild wasn't on Dallas. I think she was. I don't think she was. I think it was Victoria Principal. Definitely Victoria Principal. Right. Charlie Tilton. Charlene. Charlene Tilton. Charlie Theron. The modern day equivalent. Pat Duffy. I like Pat Duffy because you're boys, right? These guys used to hang out a lot. Let me tell you something. Pat Duffy could act on my team any day of the week. Any day of the week. Twice on Sunday. Twice on Sunday. Yeah. Or twice on Friday night, as it were. Okay. So, we're talking about six wishes in toto. Okay. I'm going to let you get the ball rolling, or do you want me to get the ball rolling? Well, I just I want to establish ground rules here, because my first wish would be unlimited New York sports wishes. <laughs> you can't, a, and we can't, can't do that, right? You're such a 12-year-old. Don't you hate that? I, it's the worst. That I was, knew you knew you were going to do that. My first wish is unlimited wishes. You had to make that rule. Anytime the genie in a bottle corollary came into like any sort of conversation, first rule you had to make. Or, and you or, can wish for unlimited wishes. God. That, or that was always the dramatic third wish. Like you'd wish for two really cool things and then your last wish. Infinity, oh, infinity wishes. Infinity wishes. The loophole. I want wish infinity. The genie loophole. The genie loophole, as it came to be known. Closed. That loophole is closed, my man. Genie loophole uh, knows Bob Mixler, by the way. <laughs> what? They, they are a husband and wife uh, comedy act. Genie loophole and Bob Mixler. Genie loophole and Bob Mixler. Mixler and loophole? <laughs> if all that. I have all their albums. <laughs> it's good stuff. Right there. Environmental humor. Right. It's right there. It's right there with it's really still in mirror. <laughs> loophole. Mixler and loophole. And the follow-up was loophole and Mixler. Loophole <laughs> and Mixler, right. That was their kids. Live at Carnegie Hall? Live at... No. It was live at Carnegie Deli. <laughs> they never got... They never got to Carnegie Hall. They were live at Carnegie Deli. Mixler and Loophole, live from Carnegie Deli. They weren't even at Carnegie <laughs> right, Deli. They weren't even at right, They were in front of it. They were down the block, but if you looked really closely, you could see over her left shoulder, right. the IE. It was, it, was, it, was a, it was a series that they, they, they were live from Katz's. 
live from uh, Stage Deli. Stage Deli. What's the one in L.A.? I don't know. I used to go to it all the time. Oh, what's the L.A.? I didn't think they had the funds to get out to the West Coast. So they were just a local... Uh, Canters. That's it. Canters. Buy some Canters. Canters. Canters was a, Canters was a cool place, Cal. Yeah. Yeah, because there's a, there's a ton of Hollywood history there, and you would walk into Canters, and it was, it was just cool. That's one of those deals where the first time you're in L.A. and you go to Canters, it's one of those... It's one of those places. It's like going to Cass's or... Like you know about it when you're out there. Yeah, or like going to Sardi's, like when you go to Sardi's in the city or whatever and you see uh, on Broadway and you see all the Broadway pictures and all the caricatures and stuff. Yeah. What is it, Hirschfeld's or whatever? Um, the Hirschfeld caricatures. Mm-hmm. Cantor's is like that. Like you can, you know, you can just see like Jimmy or uh, you know, Jerry Dorsey, like somewhere... Jimmy the, the Greek? Jimmy the Greek. <laughs> They've got, is this his character? Or <laughs> Jimmy, you can just you can feel Jimmy the Greek in the <laughs> echoing through the halls of Cantor's making NFL picks for the stars. <laughs> making <laughs> making NFL picks for, for for Frank Sinatra. And uh and Jimmy Jer- Jerry Dorsey. Why can't I say that guy's name? Probably because it's a band leader from 1945. Jimmy Dorsey. Jimmy. Jerry. Not Jerry Dorsey. It's Jimmy Dorsey. Who's Jerry Dorsey then? I don't know. Hans Christian Anderson. Hans Christian Anderson. Is he there too? Hans Christian Anderson is there. Jerry Dorsey was a major league pitcher for the Baltimore Monumental. Right. That's not who you're oh, talking about. Oh, no, no, no. You know who Jerry Dorsey is? Who's Jerry no, Dorsey? I'm serious. You know whose real name that is? You're going to think I'm making it up. Uh, no, I believe you, but I will never guess it. Engelbert Humperdinck. Is Jerry Dorsey? His real name is Jerry Dorsey. I don't think that's true. It's absolutely true, and it's a famous Eddie Izzard uh, bit. How did they cut? Co- Engelbert Humperdinck's real name is Jerry Dorsey. How, he would have loved to have been a fly on the wall when, they, when his managers worked that out. Uh, Engelbeck Slefty Dump. Singleberry Dumperdink. George Dump- Dorsey. Jerry Dorsey. His name George, is George Dorsey. Arnold George Dorsey. Yes, and he sang under the name Jerry Dorsey, and then he became Engelbert Humperdink. He performed under the name Jerry Dorsey. That's crazy. That's why that's in my head. And you know what? He could have been a Cantor's. He could have been. Engelbert Humperdink could have been a Cantor's. Wow. Is it me or when you were a kid, is that the funniest name you've ever heard in your life? Engelbert Humperdinck? Yeah. Just, and my mother loved him. So did my grandmother. Grandmother loved, loved him. Oh, boy. Engelbert Slaptyback. Slaptybunk Dingleberry. Dingleberry Tumpty Dump, Tumpty Dump, Flinkleberry, Engelbert Humperdinck, uh, Jerry Dorsey. Of course, we could do that. Uh, this is the Eddie Izzard bit. It's great, Cal. That's great. And they're like, uh, he's like, uh, Engelbert Slaptyback, Slapty Dump, Fatsbum Walla. Uh, Engelbert Slimpty Dunk, Engelbert Humperdink, Humperdink, Singlebert. Wait, wait, go back to, go back to. Wait, that was good. Um, anyway, can't do you, know, you know. And and what's great about it, as I'm just looking at it real quick, he was Jerry Dorsey. He he, yeah, he performed under the name Jerry Dorsey. But do you know why? No. Uh, he he did a killer impression of Jerry Lewis. Jerry Lewis. And his friends started calling him Jerry Dorsey. That's great. I love it. Unbelievable. Engelbert slapped you back. 
Fat Bum Waller. Um, okay, so. Wishes. You want some wishes? I okay. do. Do you want me to get the ball rolling? I'll tell you what my number one New York sports wish is. If I could have it granted tomorrow, I would want it above all things. All things. Yeah, let me hear it. The Wilpons to sell the team. That would be absolutely number one. The number one thing I would forego all other wishes. If I could have one wish, and, the, and these are, again, these are things that are sort of out of your control. Like, I'm not talking about, like, Matt Harvey's arm not needing surgery. Like, that was going to be mine. I knew it. You that can was going to be, I, we can't have, use that, right? You can have that one. No, I'll come up with a different one, but I was absolutely going to say that one. But mine is, I'm, I, I was trying to think of it in terms of things you have absolutely no control over. Well, you don't have control over Matt Harvey's arm being Yeah, but it's, but it's an injury. I, you, no, you can have it. It's a good one. I thought of it, too. But above all things in New York sports, I would want the Wilpons to sell the team. That would be my number one wish for New York sports. All right. Is that contingent on who they sell it to or not even? I don't even, I don't care. I don't care. Hello. I think we lost the feed there. Can you hear me? I can't. Okay, I think I think I just lost you. Were you there the whole time? Yes, I believe I was. Okay, great. Anyway, that's Mixler. The, the Mixler's at Bob it. Mixler. The Mixler's at it again. <laughs> I told you I shouldn't have said that stuff about Lock Talk Radio. You mean you said it, not me? And I got knocked off. You got knocked off. Okay, so yes, that would be my number one. Wish. All right. So I then you one wish. I don't care who they sell it to. All right. So then you missed you missed the part where I said, "What if they sold the team to James Dolan?" I'd take it. What if they sold the team to uh, a consortium of James Dolan and Charles Wong? Take it. It's got to be better. And Daniel Snyder. Taking it in a heartbeat. I would take Daniel Snyder tomorrow. At least he's going to spend money. Like an idiot, but at least right. he's probably going to change the name of the team to the the right. Indian. The name of the team to the to the Mohawks. The Metropolis team is offensive to all New Yorkers. That's right. They will now be known as the, as the New York Squawks. No, there's a better one there. Wait. Uh, all right, I so could, I got to come up with it. I got to come up with it. Too. Yes, that's my number one sports wish. You would want the Mets to sell the team. You would want the Wilpons to sell the team. Okay. Yeah, I thought you were going to say, what if they sold it to Fox News and Rupert Murdoch? Still. Still. You would take it. That's how much I despise the Wilpons. I would rather Fox News own the Mets than the Wilpons. At least they'd be solvent. There you go. Number one. Numero uno. You're right. That's a good one. That's a real good one. Okay, let's have yours. So if I had to come up with an... And I'm going to get off the Matt Harvey thing, but if I had a wish about New York sports... Yes. And it it can't be like I I wish the Jets would win the Super Bowl. It can't be like that, No, that's too... Yeah, it's too basic. It's got to be like... 
I wish the Jets had a real quarterback that I did not have to worry about. That was my second one. Ten years. You just took my second wish. You took my first. I wish the Jets had a franchise quarterback. Right. That would be my second wish. Okay. Like a like a Tom like a uh, like an all time great. Right, right. Like a Tom Brady. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Manning, Drew Brees, even Aaron Rodgers. I would take Aaron Rodgers. I would take Eli Manning. That's not that great. I would take a guy. I would. You wouldn't take two Super Bowls in ten years. No, I. I no, I would. But My, that's the point. I'm not talking about. You didn't have Super to Bowl. worry about. Right. I would take Eli Manning. Of course I would. But I. But he would be far down the list. Because they're about to miss the playoffs for the fourth time in five years, and he's been a big part of that. Right, but that fifth year Super Bowl. Right. That's what he does every so. five. Once every five years. Get you can't. Yeah. You can't. No, you can't kill him. But no, that would be my that would be my second wish. I can't use it now. Come up with another one. Come up with another one, okay? All right. Okay. <laughs> Read a book. Um, my second wish, then, for all of New York sports would be for the Islanders to get John Tavares a Yarmir Yager. A, of any Malkin. To get him a, a, sec- man. a second player that's elite. Like Lemieux had Yager, uh, you know, Crosby has Malkin. Uh, a second, uh, Ovechkin doesn't have that guy yet. And he hasn't won. Right. I, want, I would love Tavares to get Ovechkin. Man, he's good. But that wouldn't work. I don't care. I just want them on the same same team. Malkin and Crosby don't always play on the same line. They're out there when it matters. They're out there together. On the power play. So you're not going to put Ovechkin and Tavares on the power play? They're not both. They're both centers. It's my... Ovechkin plays the point on their power play. My wish, and that's what I want. That's fine. Look, I'm not going to begrudge it. That's my second wish. Imagine I went, I went, well, I had to go Islanders because you took my Jets one. Well, and you took my Mets one. So what are, what are we talking about here? <laughs> You're up with your next wish. So we've done a Met, we've done a Jet, we've done an Islander. Yeah. So I have to come up with a Knicks wish. You don't have to come up with a Knicks one at all. I got a good one, though. You could do another Met one. Be just fine. They need all the help they can get. They do, they do need a lot. That's true. The Harvey one's not bad. It's really not. But that, I mean, that's what I wish. I almost, I almost want you to wish for it. <laughs> no, you said. What that if I go pee in a fountain? Well, then it would come true. That's correct. If I pee in a fountain in a lightning storm, will that wish come true? Yes. Only if Judge Reinhold is around. Right. No, oh, wait, no, that just makes you switch bodies. Never mind. Right, so we, Matt Harvey's arm would still be broken, and then I would be Judge Reinhold. Correct. That wouldn't work out for anybody. It's not great for you. No. Certainly not my family. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm not easy, Judge Reinhold. Why is Judge Reinhold here? <laughs> what is he doing here? And why is Julia asking you about his career and the choices he made? She's, she's tough. She's a tough cookie, that one. Uh, so if I uh, just a second wish, I would go Harvey. I really would. 
I'm not going to go Harvey. In all of New York sports, though, there are three things that that bother me a ton. Harvey's getting hurt is one of them. I think I I wish the Mets would just start acting like a New York team. Right. How about that? That sort of goes along with my Wilpons one, though, because if they sold, they would. I wish... I wish... I wish the Mets did not have the negative connotation that they have. That's nice. That I need to hear that they are a perpetual joke. Right. And that we need to see pictures of Curtis Granderson wearing a baseball helmet backwards. On ESPN. On ESPN. Uh, It's funny. I missed all those Jacoby Ellsbury pictures of him wearing his helmet backwards. Right. He had underwear on his head. You missed that one? Yeah, I missed all those on ESPN. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Change that you wish the perception of the Mets was changed. Yeah, I mean it's, uh, it's that you you want to talk about a wish that that is a wish because that'll never happen. Well, neither will the Wilpon selling. Right, but that that's what I I wish I did not have to every single day have to sift through snark and bad jokes. A good one, and I like Bobby it. Bonilla and <laughs> everything that I have to see. Bobby Bonilla. Oh, did I? I don't know if you heard. He's the second highest paid Met outfielder this year. Yeah, I you get it. it. Again, even though he's retired, isn't that funny? That's hilarious. Bobby Bonilla. It's hilarious. That's a good one. So that's what I'm going to go with. Okay, I like it. Now one, uh, and then I want to talk about hot stove and the Jacoby Ellsbury signing, and then I want to talk to you about it because I've been hearing from Yankee fans all sorts of things. You know, fans that are going out and buying Ellsbury jerseys and uh, other fans who are like, what are they doing? So, but one wish for the teams we don't root for, to be fair. All right. All right, sir. Hmm. Yeah, it's tough. It's really, because I don't, I don't want, I don't wish prosperity on them. (laughs) I thought, I thought of one today. Go ahead. Give me yours. I would wish that Derek Jeter has three more, two or three more good years. I don't. <laughs> Enough with that guy. You can't get on board with that? Nah, I'm not wishing for them to win or anything like that. I, he deserves, I don't want to see him go out like this. If you don't want to see him go out like this, he should have retired last year. Right, but he's not going to retire, and I'm getting wishes. So my wish would be for Derek Jeter to have like a really good year and then be able to retire. To be able to retire on his terms. No. I, 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 I'm sorry, I wish that. There's too much collateral damage that comes along with that, because you'd have to hear Jeter's awesome. But we're going to hear Jeter's awesome for the rest of our lives. No, Jeter's a god. Look, he's got an edge. We all know it. He's 40 years old. He's playing like a 20-year-old. You know why? Because he's Jeter. He's the best. He's a Hall of Famer. Jeter walks into a room, you stand up. I think I... (laughs) It's like he's the Pope. (laughs) You pay your respects to Jeter. He's Jeter. He walks into a room, you stand up. (laughs) All rise. There's a, there's a Jeter on deck. You salute too. You don't have no. 
You don't have to salute to Jesus. <laughs> the you, you, you salute to Mo. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. My bad. Right. right. You, <laughs> you, ju- you just stand up. Mo, you stand up and salute. Right. That's correct. When Jeter retires, he may get the stand up and salute. All right, right. So fine. I need to rethink this wish immediately. What's your wish, hot shot? <laughs> um, it's a team. That, it's got to be a New York team that I do that. Yes. To be fair, look, New York sports is lousy right now. Oh, it's bad. That's bad news. I think I'd wish... I can't wish anything for the Rangers. I just can't. No, 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 no. Just can't. It's like, uh, you want to wish for the Giants? They got two Super Bowls in five years. Yeah, no, no, I can't. I can't can't wish for them. Wish for the Giants. All right, I can't wait. Anybody wish for the Yankees? You're wishing for Jeter. I'm wishing for Jeter to just go out on his own terms. That's all. Right. I hate to see great players have to go out that way. You know, he's got a ton of pride. He's been an unbelievable player. Hate him or not, which we both do, but we respect the crap out of him. I hate to see him go out that way. I'd like to see him, you know, hit 285 and 10 home runs and play a full season and go out that way. Is that fair? That's not asking too much. All right, thank you. Maybe I'll just take the one wish for the other teams for both of us. No, I wish that Phil Jackson would come back and coach the Nets and win a championship. Oh, I love that. I think I'd like that. All right. I can't get on board with Jason Kidd being the coach. (laughs) Well, especially not throwing water on the court. You stay classy, Jason Kidd. Again, like what's going – like – What's going through his mind in the moments before he does that? Does he think, oh, I got this brilliant idea? No one will see it. I don't, nobody's ever done this before. Drunk. What? <laughs> Drunk. Yeah. I don't think you can say that about him anymore. All right, I'll take that wish. All right, I want to go hot stove. All right. Just, so we all knew it was going to happen. That was harder than I thought it was going to be. It was fun, though, I thought. You look stressed about it. I love, I love our four wishes. Yeah. I love, if, all, if three of our four wishes, if two of our four wishes came true. Right. I would be, I would be on cloud ten. Listen, three weeks from today. Why is it cloud nine? Um, you have that look of, I know this one. No, I have no idea. Yeah. I just feel like Cloud 8, you don't want to be on Cloud 8. Who wants to be on Cloud 8? You know who's on Cloud 8? The Wilpons. The Wilpons. Because they can't afford Cloud 9. No! Forget it because they're broke. Totally get it. They're a joke joke team. They're standing on Cloud 8 with Bobby Bonilla. (laughs) They can't afford Cloud 9 because they paid Bobby Bonilla. You know why they can't get to Cloud 9? Because of Carlos Beltran. They took a call third strike. Blame Beltran. Uh, so okay. Hot, hot stove. Yeah, well, just just real quick on the Jacoby Ellsbury. I got into a really good conversation today with a, with a Yankee fan who was ecstatic about the signing. A good Yankee fan or not so much? He's... You don't have to give him... Don't give names. We're not going to out anybody. He's... He's... He and he's I a have typical had... typical Yankee fan. Yes. Okay. But he's an intelligent typical Yankee fan. Mm. I know that sounds like a contradiction, He's a jumbo shrimp. 
He is. All right. But his his point was they're going for it now. The Yankees don't care about what this contract looks like in three years. You have seven years on this deal. You want two championships out of those seven years, right? But they're going for it now. Um, I get that. And, and as a Met fan, on a, you know, for a team that doesn't go for it, you would love to see your team not accept a non-playoff season. Like a non-playoff season is so unacceptable that they've just given out $230 million in contracts to two players who do not deserve $230 million in contracts. And this is the, what, the second time in five years that they've done this? Six, right. Six. The last time they did this was the 08-09 offseason, um, where they spent half a billion dollars, and they got a World Series the next year. Right, the precedent. But my question to him and to Yankee fans is, you know, you give up a pick for McCann, you give up a pick for Ellsbury, right? There's, yeah. There's no farm system. The farm system is devoid. And you're giving seven years and $153 million to a player who has a really long, rich injury history and relies on his legs. Now, Jacoby Ellsbury could change when he hits 33, 34 and can't rely on his legs as much anymore and could probably hit 20 to 25 home runs in Yankee Stadium. Like, if he changes as a ball player. Like, it doesn't concern me as much giving a guy like Jacoby Ellsbury that money in Yankee Stadium as it would, you know, Reyes, or a guy who completely relies on his legs. Um, but they outbid the, the Red Sox by, like, $30 million. Like, no one was close. No one was giving Jacoby Ellsbury $150 million. No one. And certainly weren't giving him seven years, basically, with an option for an eighth. So at what point do the Yankees, you know, rebuild? Like, is this how they rebuild? If you look at that team right now, like, he read off the lineup for me. He had Cano in it, of course, because he doesn't believe there's anywhere else Cano could possibly go. Because no one else can afford him. And what's he going to do? Go to Seattle? He's going to choose Seattle over the Yankees for a lousy $25 million? I'm like, well, first of all, it's not a lousy $25 million. It's $25 million. I don't know if there's state tax in Washington State, is there? I don't. I, you're asking the wrong person. But uh, So you're not, not, I, not a CPA? I don't pay taxes. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> Take it easy. That's not true. I, I know I pay taxes. <laughs> Take I it pay easy. A lot of taxes, Mr. Capone. Um, no, but even if there's no state tax in Washington State, over the course of eight years and two hundred million dollars, that's a lot of money. That's not just twenty-five million dollars more. That's about fifty million dollars more. It's it's significant. Let's put it that way. It is. And to not, and, and he said to me, "Oh, well, he'll make it up in endorsements." Uh, I'm sorry, I must have missed all those Robbie Cano Ford commercials. We're in Seattle. Yeah. No, no, in New York. Like, by staying in New York, he'll make up that state tax money with endorsement. Can we, can we please, in the year 2013, dispel the notion that you have to be in New York to do a commercial? Yeah. Please. Thank you. All right. I, I can't, you know, that was the whole thing with LeBron James. Oh, he's coming to New York because of the, because of the endorsements. Give me a break. <laughs> These players own their own jet. They can fly to New York to film a commercial from anywhere in the country. It we're, doesn't matter where they are. We're talking about $200 million. <laughs> it's, just, it's just 
nonsense. Does he really need to be near Madison Avenue to get a commercial gig? This is not 1960. Right. He's not one of the Eminem boys. Okay? <laughs> You're totally right. I, I'm sorry. And, and in this particular instance with Robinson Cano, can you tell me what he's hawking right now? I mean, what, 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 Robbie, commercial, what Robbie Cano commercials am I missing? Uh, is, is he doing a lot of... He doesn't have an edge. I'll tell you that much. Has it, have you met... Have you not, not even met. Have you seen Robinson Cano? He's not exactly a dynamic no, exactly. personality. That's what I mean. Oh, all these endorsements. What, what endorsements? What, what, who is, what is he going to pitch? Vitamin water? This is Robinson Cano for vitamin water. I love it. He's very good. Go Yankees. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's, he's he's not he's just not a spokesman. So anyway, please, his please. lineup his lineup with Cano in it, and he wrote it out for me. He's like, check it out. I'm like, yeah, it was great five years ago. I mean, this is the, there's a lot of ifs in that lineup of Gardner, Ellsbury, Teixeira, A Rod, or no wait, he had no he didn't. Gardner. Gardner, uh, yes, he did. He couldn't because they can't have everybody. They can't have all the same guys. Why not? Because then it's too much money. They don't care about the luxury tax. I just saw today that they're going to pay $29 million this year if a, unless A-Rod's contract comes off the books. That's the only way they stay under the luxury tax. Uh. The lineup was like... Gardner, Ellsbury, Cano, A-Rod, or uh, Cano, Teixeira, A-Rod. I think he had, like, Jeter hitting, like, seventh. Like, yeah, okay. Or McCann, sixth, Jeter, seven. Like, this lineup was great four years ago. I, I just don't... And they need pitching. So he's, he's happy. He's happy about... He's ecstatic. Why? About Why? Because his team does something about it. Was that the punchline? Yep. They don't sit around and do nothing when they lose. They, they do something immediately. And they sell jerseys and put people in the seats and revenue generates revenue. You have to spend to make. That's what he told me. Okay. When two of those guys, I said, you're counting on Mark Teixeira to be the same player coming off wrist surgery. Which, let me know when he picks up a bat, by the way. You know, A-Rod, Jeter. What are, you, what are you doing? And who's your rotation? Which, you know what Francesca's response to that was today. No. Sure they're going to get Tanaka. So it doesn't matter. Okay? They'll address the rotation. Because apparently, uh, I don't know Tanaka's first name. I'm not going to lie. Masato. Thank you. Like Yoshi? No. Masato Tanaka. No, but wasn't his name Masato Yoshi? For the Mets? Masato Yoshi, yes. Yoshi. Is that like Mike? In Japan? So Masato uh, Masato Tanaka. Mike Francesa and several Yankee fans are convinced is the answer in the rotation. No chance he's you know, Hideki Rabu or, uh, or Dice K. No chance. 
he's going to be the solution to their problems when they post $50 million on him. I just, I just, I think, look, the McCann one really bugged me because they could have gotten the same production they're going to get out of McCann for the next two years out of two different guys for about $60 million left. Yeah, but you are not, you are not going to get the leadership that you're going to get out of McCann. Can I keep, listen, here's, this is why Yankee fans love McCann, all right? Yeah, he's going to bat 250, but that's okay because he bats left-handed. He's not going to bat 250, by the way. Because he bats left-handed. Okay. He's a catcher, and he's a leader. That's the reason. That's the reason why it was a steal. Is what, what I heard. What has he <laughs> a steal? Five it was years a steal. and eighty-three million, eighty-five million dollars. Because he's a left-handed hitting catcher, and he's a leader. That was the defense of Brian McCann. Wait, what has he led them to? Have they won a World Series? You know what? You try to showboat against him. Yeah, that's and, you, and then you tell me where you, where you wind up. Wait till Poppy stands at the plate and watches a home run. Mm-hmm. Just wait. I understand why they signed Brian McCann. Mm. It's just bad baseball. They could have signed J.P. Arancibia and gone with Cervelli and gotten, likely gotten the same production out of that spot. They would have got the same 20 home runs, the same 300 on base percentage, better defense. Although he's a pretty good defensive catcher, McCann. They're going for it. They're doing something about it. They're going for it, and they're doing something about it. Whereas the Mets are having Salmon. Not Tim. Okay. Not Tim Salmon. They're having Salmon nice. Look, uh, we all agree that they need to sign Curtis Granderson just on principle, right? Just to show that they can actually do something. Well, at this point, yeah, and he's not the ideal guy to be signing. No, but they have to. We're going to hate it. We are going to hate that. We're going to be. I don't agree with you, Cal. I don't. I don't think we're going to hate it. I think we're going to hate I think, it. I think we know what he is. I think. I also think there's a lot of Met fans that are going to have a problem with him because he was a Yankee. Oh, I don't. And they're going to be tougher on him. I really do. I don't think so. They're not going to be as accepting. Really? Yeah. I don't think that. Yeah. Do you think they're going to sign him? Gun to my head? I would never do that. Okay. Thanks. It's very uncomfortable. Yeah. There's <laughs> no, no way to make a decision. You expect me to make a decision? Yeah. It's no, way, it's no way to operate. I think they're going to sign them. Yeah, I do too. I think they look. And now, at this point, they can't not. But here, that was the other thing. Everybody was killing the Mets because they're willing to offer three years. Granderson wants four. Supposedly, by the way. No, he. Well, I'm, I would. No, I'm no, pretty, no. I'm saying. I'm saying they. They haven't said they haven't been willing to offer three years. Right. The speculation is that the Mets only want to do three years. Right, which I, which I believe. I believe the Mets, if they have their druthers, would sign him to a three-year contract. Yeah. I believe that. Three years and $45 million. I think that's what they would offer him that. Right. I, 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 I 100% believe that. And I also believe that Curtis Granderson wants four years. He wanted five. I believe Actually, all of that. Start. But the fact that the Mets haven't just given him that fourth year right now does not mean they're not going to sign him. It's called a negotiation. And also, because they haven't given him four years and $60 million doesn't make them cheap. 
Because if it does, it makes the Red Sox cheap too. Because the Red Sox would not go to, apparently won't go to a fourth year on Granderson either. So are the Red Sox, are the defending champion Red Sox stupid and penny pinchers? You know, it's just, you can't put it, you can't put the Met cookie cutter, you know, thing in every mold. It doesn't, that's a terrible analogy, but you know what I mean. Like you just, you can't do it. You can't apply it to everything. Right. I know, I know you what you can't mean. apply it to every situation. You can't just look at, oh, the Mets won't go to four years. They're so cheap. The Wilpons, so why don't they just give them the money? Well, first of all, it's not your money. Second of all, they don't have it. And third of all, third of all, just because they need to sign the player doesn't mean they should do something stupid. And, you know, if, uh, how come other teams are doing it? They're not stupid and penny-pinching. I mean, it doesn't work for every situation. No. You have to pick, and it's like planes, trains, and automobiles. You choose things that are funny or amusing. You're a miracle. <laughs> you know, not everything is an anecdote. Not everything is, is the same thing with the Mets, the same old Mets. Most of it is. Most of it is. Right. The fact that they took him out for salmon is not. It's, it's not. It's just really not. It's really it's just, not. Really, that's, that's what you're going to go with? That's funny? Is that funny? I was looking at Granderson numbers today, Cal, and thinking about what you were saying, how he projects. More importantly, how he projects in this lineup for 2014 with Chris Young. And regardless of the high amount of strikeouts and the 240 average, you know, he's a 240, 250 hitter. He's never really going to be more than that. He may get a bump playing in the National League for the first time. Yeah, I doubt it. Um, and, and that ballpark, believe it or not, while his home runs will probably go down to 25 or 30, I bet you his average goes up by about 15 points. I, I really do, because it's such a spacious ballpark, and the outfield's so spacious. I bet a lot of, a lot of you know, gappers that are caught in Yankee Stadium uh, are, are you know, falling for doubles in, in City Field. But... You know, his Bob Ip is what it is, like his advanced metrics and stuff. But he makes that lineup immediately better. Immediately. He's an up he's a huge upgrade from what they had last year. He is. And you could tell me Marlon Bird and his twenty home runs, he's a huge upgrade. It doesn't mean they stop and they're done? No. But if they get him, they're very much it's a respectable piece. Right? Now, he plays left field, right? He's not going to play center field on this team. No, he would uh, probably play right field. Yeah, or, or, okay, yeah, put him in right and put... Wouldn't you put Young in right? Or you're going to put Chris Young in right, in left. I'd say I would put Chris Young in right and put... Because Chris Young's got a better arm. Yeah, maybe you would do that. And put Granderson in left. I tell you what, that's a heck of a defensive outfield. It's a very good defensive outfield. With like Garrison center. Yeah, it's a very good defensive outfield. Um, and then you open up second base for Eric Young, and you trade Murphy. Yeah, or... Yes, correct. Right? And, and, and Eric Young's your leadoff hitter. That's right. Because you're trying to get a shortstop at that point. Yes. You're going to try to trade for a shortstop. Um, I believe the Mets will sign Granderson, and that's it. As far as free agency goes, you yep. still don't believe they'll make a trade. I no, I don't think they're going to. I don't think they're going to make a trade. I we we I I showed you what. Um, yeah, I know, I know. It was Cepeda. 
Oakland right, looking that's... for for Cespedes. The, and and when you look and when you so hear, you're saying you're saying it's Chris Young, Curtis Granderson, we're done, and and like another low level guy. Yeah, they're going to probably sign like a you know like they'll sign Matsuzaka again to to fill out the rotation. Right, and be something do, nonsense like that. They trade Davis for a small piece. I don't even know if they're going to trade him. It so wouldn't surprise me. Play if... Davis and do that first base. I guess they got to get rid of one of them. Yes, they do. We're going to lose the live feed here, Bryce. So let's just say this. Thank you for tuning, uh, tuning in if you were listening to the stream. They're never going to know what I think about Ike Davis. They're never going to know. Well, they can listen to the podcast. Oh, where can they get that? They can get that on iTunes. Go to the uh, iTunes store and search the podcast for Ready to Unload. Or you can just go to rtusports.com, click on the iTunes link, and subscribe. Or Stitcher. Go to Stitcher.com or get the Stitcher app for your iPhone, Cal. Make a Stitcher app for the iPhone, search Ready to Unload, subscribe. You get the newest episode the next day. Hot action. It's a good idea. It's a great idea. So do that. For the holidays, get someone you love, Stitcher. Because we're going to start and and take them to see Grudge Match. That's what we'll be there. No, uh, that's that's what we're going to do. We're going to put it up there. And put the podcast up there. We're going to talk about Rex Ryan, by the way, in in, in uh, penalty time. We are extra time. What are we calling it? Injury time. Injury time. Yeah, injury time. We are going to talk about Rex Ryan. So anyway, uh, hopefully we'll have Bishop back next week. But uh, we wish his his dad uh, great health, and um, we will see everybody live next week. Okay, say bye to the live people, Cal. Goodbye to the live people. Cal. Okay, and we're back. Penalty time. Hi there. Is that the dog again? The Can dog. You, this the, microphone is hot. It's um, a hot mic. Uh, is the is the dog awake for for penalty time? He's he's rousing from from a slumber right now. He's like, wow. I don't know which one time. it is. It's one of them. We uh just to finish up with the with the Yankees. Do well, you? Well, well, no. Let me. I want to finish up with the Mets. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I believe they're going to trade Ike Davis, and it's going to be for a Mart, like you said some sort of marginal middle reliever or prospect. It's going to be a completely underwhelming and disappointing trade. That's my prediction. I don't I disagree with you. I think they are going I don't think he's going to bring back Troy Tulowitzki, but I think they're going to trade Ike Davis for a usable player, for a major league player. Disagree. I think it's going to be like a disappointment for a disappointment trade. You know, I could see like an Eric Ibar, somebody like that, like somebody that uh, can play shortstop um, and is like a disappointment for a disappointment uh, trade. Hey, look, I hope you're right. I disagree. Uh, okay, fine. No, about the, disagree. About the Yankees. No, no, I just, I, I want to get your gut feeling now on Cano. Like, does he, I think he, I still think he winds up with the Yankees. I do too. Because there's no market, right? Yeah, I, I believe. Well, um, wouldn't, you be, wouldn't you be a little pissed off if you were Robinson Cano right now? Of course I would. Of course I would. I'd be looking at my stupid agent saying, what are you doing? Well, I think his agent's doing the right thing. I mean, there's no way they could have planned for Jacoby Ellsbury getting 7 and 153. No, but, now but, if I'm Cano, I say, you know what? I, don't, I, I can get $200 million somewhere else. All right. You've already offered 175. I'm going to go get 200 somewhere else. Good they'll time. give him 200. The Yankees will give him 200. Oh, gosh. I hope they do. <laughs> they do. I think they will. Their payroll in two, in 2016, they'll have, if they did that, Cal, 
in 2016, they would have about $120 million on five guys. That's a lot. All of which, except Cano, would be over the age of 35. Oh, I'm sorry, McCann wouldn't either. And Ells- McCann, Ellsbury, and Cano would be like 33 or 34. Okay. Making, and then CC, A-Rod, and Teixeira. <laughs> and, and so those six guys would account for about $140 million. But you know what? A lot of a lot of the Yankee fans will tell you they don't care. They don't care. They just we've got the money to spend. Just spend the money. They it's don't even care. it's even better. They already have. Not my money. They already told me that. Not my money. I don't care. Right. All right. Have fun paying thirty-seven dollars to park. Have fun paying nineteen dollars a beer. Good luck. Hey, that's a wish. There you go. What? <laughs> Wait. I wish this is we could do this wish for the other team, for another team in town. I wish the Giants and the Jets but the, had their own stadiums. But mainly the Jets. But mainly the, the Jets. The Giants can stay there. The Giants can stay there. The Giants can have that one. That's a great wish. Yes. That's a great wish. I wish they had built the Westside Stadium in New York City. Or at least a stadium in Queens. Better. I wish they had built a stadium right next to City Field, where okay. the Jets belong. And I wish they had built a hockey arena right next to that for the Islanders. The whole little sports complex down in Willits Point. That's what you wish. That's a good wish. Yes. I wish the Jets and Giants had their own stadiums. I think the Jets and Giants wish that too. Um. I think that was completely short-sighted oh. decision. And it stinks. And the place stinks. Like, like it smells? The lousy place to watch a football game. It's not terrible. It's, it not, it's, not, it's not as bad as you say it is. The experience stinks, Cal. And it's, it's sterile. There's no character. It looks like a giant air conditioner. It stinks. It stinks. The, the concourses aren't any wider. It took me an hour to get out That's of the game again. True. Oh, That's they're not. not the they're concourses not. are wider. Why do I got to take one escalator? Where are the ramps? No, there's no ramps. I, Bring I back the ramps. Escalators, single, two-person escalators are not good people movers for 75,000 people. And very dangerous. Very dangerous. Flippity flu. All right. All right, let's just finish up. Jets. Uh, all I wanted to say was this. Reading this book is informing what I think of Rex Ryan. So now, after this loss, okay, what are they since week, I think it's since week 16, right? Since they were 8-5 and five and they lost to the Giants. Oh, go, you can go even further back, right? They're 11-20. and 20. That's when it starts. In the last 31 games. The Giant game is where it starts. The Giant game two years ago. In 2011, that's right. They, they were eight and five. They're eight and five. They lost three games. They lost to the Giants. They lost to. Who was yeah, that that's it. Game? The uh, the Eagles. Was the Eagles the in between game? Yeah, the Giants, the Eagles, the Dolphins. And then the Dolphins, right? Then they went six and ten. Yep. And, and now they're five and seven. Yeah. So that's eleven and twenty since that since 
Right, and and isn't it like nine of those twenty losses have been by twenty points or more? Yes, I, I've seen all I need to see. What did you think of the comments today that this no. is an A plus draft class? He just, and now I'm reading this book, Cal, and I'm telling you, it is going to change the way you think of Rex Ryan as the coach of your football team. I don't know how much more it could change because I'm I'm done with them without yeah. even reading this book. But you but you're going to have a better reason for it. Other than like idiocy and comments like this is an A plus draft class, which is it's just it's just silly. It's just a dumb comment. I mean it really is. And I get it, it's a it's a rexism, it's a hyperbole, it's just a dumb comment. I know he believes it. But I don't know things, I don't know if he do you think he believes it really? I think he believes everything he says. I really do. I I was watching the post game show and and I wanted to bring this up since Sunday. I figured, let me wait, because I'm not going to tell you during the week. I'm going to wait till Wednesday and make you, make you hear it then. Right. You're going to spring it on me. I like the tease thing. Um, did, you watch, did you watch any of the postgame? I did Sunday? not get to see any of the postgame. Okay. Uh, so uh, Joe Klecko actually had a pretty good point. Wow. I'll alert the media. No, this was good. This was, this was a, a good point about Rex that I hadn't. I mean, I'm trying to put my finger on why he players seem to love him, yet they're they're not playing well anymore. And his point was that Rex has not figured out a way to get players to play hard for him, other than just by being their friend. That's good, you know. I'm and I and I'm and and I'm sure since you're reading the book. You've got more information. No, no, that. I, no. I, I, I think the information corroborates that. Yeah. Like, that in, he, like in other words, he sees he like his his tack at being a player coach, right? Yeah. Is to, try, is to buddy up to these players and just to be their friend, and he's and missing, that only goes so missing, far. Right, but he's missing a key element. What's that? One of the other reasons that these players will run through walls for him, especially that well mainly the defensive guys, is, that be, is because he's a genius and he makes them better. So they're, they're doing things defensively. They're put in positions defensively to do things that they wouldn't be on other teams. Okay. What about the offense? The offense, he's their buddy. Yeah. The defense, he's their buddy, but also he's brilliant. He's a brilliant defensive mind. He's also, you know, again, that, that does, you know, the book corroborates that because he's a great guy. He's great to everybody. He's very giving. He's passionate. He's energetic. You know, he's a caring guy. He cares for every player on that football team. He really does. I mean, all these qualities are great. But, he, but they're, they're, they, they don't get players to play for him. See, don't you, don't you think that initially – you 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 get a boost from that type of personality Absolutely. where where they will play for him, but then it all it kind of levels out, and you develop it, you almost develop a resistance to it, where like it's great and I love playing for him, but it's not making me play harder for him. I'm just I, now I'm comfortable knowing that whatever I do, he's got my back and he's going to talk me up in the media and he's not going to badmouth me to people. And and it's like a it's like a comfort level now. Yeah, well, I I 
I think one of the things he's been criticized for so much, and, and rightfully so, is coddling Mark Sanchez, right? So the organization and Rex Ryan, I mean, that's the whole Scotty McKnight thing. When you read the book and you see how big Scotty McKnight and the drafting of Scotty McKnight was, mm-hmm. who was a Rex pick, that had the rest of the scouts and, and the GM, like everybody was actually pissed at Rex for pulling this card to get Scotty McKnight for Sanchez. Like, he's been accused so often of coddling Mark Sanchez. I think he's coddled a lot of players. Right. I think he does that. I think he protects them too much. Oh, yeah. Well, we saw it with Milner earlier this season. We've seen it with Milner. We've seen it with Gino. But the the thing that's... And it is a great point by Joe Klecko. But the thing that's leading me this way, Cal, is... I don't think Rex Ryan can be successful as a head as a head coach of a team without a not a not just a good quarterback. He needs a great quarterback. He needs an established quarterback who practices perfectly and is a great practice player and is established and he needs Tom Brady. He needs Tom Brady. That's why I, I, their interest in Peyton Manning as a free agent makes so much sense now. So much sense. Yeah. Because Rex, I think Rex Ryan knows if he had Peyton Manning, he'd probably get to the Super Bowl, regardless of the receiving talent around him or whatever. Peyton Manning and his defensive mindset, because Peyton Manning would know how to practice against Rex's defense. Yeah, this is this is a guy who, and him and Petten. Petten's a leading character in this too. And by the way, it's pre two thousand and twelve, so they're still together. Like right. still, the rift hasn't come yet. Uh huh. They love to beat down the offense in practice. They love it. They love shutting down the. They treat the offense in practice as an opponent. Yeah, the head coach. Head coach and the defensive coordinator. What's um? Is there any insight into the relationship with Schottenheimer at this point? Yes, they don't. They don't. They 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 respect Shotty, but they don't like him. They don't they see, think he's holding up. His, in, they see him as an adversary. They think he, they see the entire offense as an adversary. And the problem is Rex does too, and he's never going to be able to develop a young quarterback. Why? Because every week. Defensively, game plan wise, it's a laboratory. Every week they're putting in fifteen new looks or ten new calls or whatever, and trying them out against the de- uh, against the offense. And some of them are are brilliant. Some of them are fantastic. That a rookie quarterback has no chance of succeeding against. So the offense is coming out there and trying to game plan, and they're getting killed by these ten new stunts that the defense is doing. And he doesn't care. He doesn't care. It's all about the offense needs to hold up its end of the bargain. Well, they can't. Like, Mark Sanchez will come out and throw, like, four interceptions in a practice, and the defense is like, well, he sucks. Well, he's played against a really good defense. How about you let them put their game plan in? Yeah. It almost seems, and maybe I'm reading this wrong, Cal, it almost seems like, the offense was charged with scout team for the defense. 
Like there's a story about how Revis gets in a fight with Patrick Turner because Patrick Turner is supposed to be running, is supposed to be acting like Brandon Marshall, right? And running routes that Brandon Marshall, that they've scouted Brandon Marshall running. But Patrick Turner decides to break off those routes so he can get open, right? In practice, because he's trying to make an impression in practice, right? And Revis unloads on him and gets in a fight with him and like, literally like a fist fight where they have to be separated because he's not giving Revis what he needs. He's not giving Revis, and I understand it from Revis's point of view. Revis's point of view is Patrick Turner is supposed to be Brandon Marshall. He needs to give me everything he possibly can. So when I see it on Sunday, I'm not surprised. Right. Right. Patrick Turner is like, well, we'd like to be a little successful on offense too. You know, and, and, and so you, you see, I don't know when the defense is running a scout team against the offense and giving them looks for the upcoming opponent. Like all Mark Sanchez is seeing every week is the Jets defense, which at that time is very good. You can't develop a young quarterback that way. Is it, is it, is it a stretch to say that, you know, we love hyperbole in our sports. We do. We love it. It's like chocolate and peanut butter. Would you... <laughs> just left that one out there. Well, it's like yeah, that. Yes, it is. Look, you'll get no debate from me. No, I'm not looking for a debate. I'm looking for a confirmation of that. But would you say... Can it be argued that there's no more important position in sports than the the starting quarterback of an NFL team? In the four majors. Right. The only spot I can see that's close is a starting pitcher in a baseball game. Okay. That's close. It's close, but, I mean, that's 162 games versus 16, and they're only, they're only pitching in a fifth of them. I'm just saying control over the individual game that they play right. and, and import to the game that they're playing. Yeah. So you, so you would agree that the starting quarterback is the most Absolutely. important? Yep, I would The only agree. thing that's even close is, okay. It, to me, the only thing that's close is a starting pitcher in a baseball game. Okay. So you've been, the, you've been the head coach of a football team for five years. Five. Right? This is the fifth year. Yep. And you have essentially ruined one quarterback. I think that's safe to say. And have allowed a second quarterback to regress dramatically in his first year. Absolutely. Okay? The most important position on your team. Yep. You've now done this to two quarterbacks. Yep. How do you survive that? You don't. He has to go. He really does. I'm there. But a lot of people don't think he has to go. Look, if he finishes a lot of the season 9-7, yeah. and seven, okay, and they, and they win out, and they win four games, and they somehow finish 9-7, whether they make the playoffs or not, and Geno Smith comes back to life and shows some semblance of a player that you can build around, then he keeps his job. Do you think he should at that point? Yes. Because it will have... It will have well, no, no, only because it will have meant that he stopped the regression of Geno Smith, and you have a GM who understands that you need to build around the quarterback. Tannenbaum was never going to do that, but... You know what? I'm at odds there too because he's in the draft room. I mean, he's not making the picks, but he's in the draft room. You know, he's telling them that you get me this guy, you get me this guy, you get me this guy, and I'll give you this defense. 
I don't think he's ever going to get, unless he's got Peyton Manning, he's never going to care about the offense. I don't think you can be a head coach in this league and not have not, a connection not, with your quarterback. Not Forget now. about the offense, just the quarterback. Not now. Not it's now. A it's a different league now. It's a different league than it was five years ago, Bri. Yeah. He was hired. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 look at the roughing the passer stuff, the, the, you know, the, the pass interference that is called now, the hand checking that doesn't go on it. A good defense, you know, their effort against the Saints when they held them to, held them to 20 points and 498 yards was lauded as like a great job. I mean, that's what defense is now in the NFL. Right. So you, his mentality doesn't work unless you have Peyton Manning, unless you have Tom Brady. Unless you have a, a transcend, yeah, transcendent quarterback who's going to be so good, it doesn't matter the surrounding pieces on offense. Otherwise, if you keep him and you keep Geno Smith, you better draft two receivers. You better pick up two in free agency. You better get a, you know, you better sign Hakeem Nix. You better, you know, draft a, a, a Mike Evans in the first round. You, you better surround him with nothing but weapons. And offensive linemen. And that's not going to happen either. I think he's done, Cal. I really do. But the, other, the other part of this is I can't see this team going anything better than 6-10. and 10. Well, they, they, they're playing some bad teams. They are a bad team. Yeah, but they're playing some bad teams. But too, they so. are a bad team. Are they worse than the Raiders? Geno Smith is worse than the Raiders. They're worse than the Browns? Geno Smith is worse than Josh Gordon. They don't play. The, <laughs> they don't play the same position. But you understand what I'm saying. They don't. They don't. They. they the Raider. Geno Smith is worse than what the Raiders are doing on offense. Geno Smith is Josh, Josh. He's Gordon's better than any offensive player that the Jets have. By far and away, he could. He could literally have 15 catches against D. Milner for 350 yards. So could I. Remember they were talking about acquiring him earlier in the year? Yes, I do. I, I said I would give up a first for him, and people laughed at me. Well, you showed them. I said I would easily give up a second. I would probably give up a first. This was when he first got back from the suspension. Right. After his first game back. I, I was looking at film on him and stuff like that. I said that's how, that's how much of a difference maker he is. We were actually looking at film on him. Yeah. Or were, just, or were you just like looking at highlights? Well, uh, highlights, but I mean, you know, looking at them with a critical eye. Okay. Somewhat. Maybe like you were in a room somewhere. <laughs> with a projector. Right. Old school projector. Where did you even get that film? Teresa's of like, Josh Gordon. She's like, what are you doing? Is that real to real? Shh, shh. Hold hey, on. Watch hey. this route he runs. Watch, 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 watch this. Watch how he runs the dig route. Look at the body control. Look at the body control. Wait, where'd you go? Wait, where'd you go? <laughs> Why are you packing your bags? Please, stop. Wait, stay. You've got to see this China route. <laughs> All right, let's end this bad boy. Okay. We did it. All by ourselves. We did. We did. We got through it. Oh, great. I missed him. I missed him.
Cal, final unload. Uh, oof, boy. They lit the Christmas tree tonight in Rockefeller Center. <laughs> it's a big deal around these, these parts. It is. It's nice. You know, little Mariah Carey singing. The lighting of the Christmas tree, little Al Roker shenanigans. Roker shenanigans? Roker. That's uh, his restaurant, isn't it? Roker Foolery? Roker, Roker Nanigans? Roker Nanigans. That's like his TGI Fridays type restaurant, right? <laughs> so, is, so is Saturday morning at Roker Nanigans. There's always a slide whistle playing, too. Maybe it's Al Nanigan. <laughs> uh, my final unload is uh, we did not have the bishop tonight, but we are thinking of him and uh, thinking of his family, and hopefully uh, everything's going well with him. And also, hey, Mets, how about you give us Curtis Granderson by the weekend, huh? A little something, you know, for the fans to keep up the goodwill in you. Please. Please. Could you please quit playing around? Seriously. No, 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 I'm being serious. All right, Cal, that's it. I'll talk to you next week. It's almost Christmas. How about Applebee's? <laughs> Could he get away with that, or is that trademark infringement? <laughs> Al back Steakhouse? <laughs> hey, where did we see Matt Lauer last night? Oh, he was at Applebee's. Applebee's. He had the Roker table. Matt Lauer. Good night, Cal. Good night.